Hi, it's Dee from Inspired Health by Dee, and I'm really excited to be here today to chat about endometriosis and hope. So my guest today is Courtney Love from Bend by Courtney. So I'm really excited for you to be here today. Hi. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, I'm really excited. So I know that for my own endo journey, that when I was like right stuck in the middle of it, that I was in a lot of pain and really struggling. And I just thought I would always feel like that and that I that endo would always dictate my life. It would rule, you know, when I exercised, when I, um, you know, could go be social. And then there was always that fear of, am I always going to be in pain and am I going to have a flare up all the time? And I see that a lot with the women that I work with um, in my clinic and then a lot in the Facebook groups as well, that there's just a lot of struggling going on. And there just doesn't seem to be the message of hope that there can be, like, it can be another way. And I know that... I felt like that too when I was in the middle of it, that there just wasn't any hope and that there wasn't, um, I guess, other people to look up to to see that it, you can live a life with endo and it, and it be well managed. And fast forward five years since my own surgery, I am pain-free and I'm healthy and endo doesn't rule my life at all. So I'm excited to chat with you to hear your story and also to, um, to learn more about your business as well because exercise is an important part of managing endo and so is stress management so yeah I'm excited to hear your story so did you want to start by telling us a little bit about um, your journey yeah absolutely so I um, have struggled with endometriosis for 15 years now Um, it was all the way back to when I was a teenager and I had really bad period pain and I was naive because I thought that that was just normal Um, I didn't really chat to anybody about it. I just thought I'm a female. This is what happens. I get period pain, um, debilitating period pain. So I didn't really look too far into it. I went to the doctors a couple of times um, and each time I was just put on the contraceptive pill um, to help manage pain. So everyone I saw just said, oh, no, it's normal. Just we'll pop you on the pill. And look, that definitely helped. It took the edge off. But all I was doing was masking the fact that I had endometriosis. Um, So I put up with that for years and it wasn't until I tried to conceive and struggled that I really decided to dive deeper into it. And I feel like a lot of females have this same thing happen. They kind of put up with it. Then they have fertility issues and they kind of start to, it all unravels from there. So um, I tried to conceive for probably 15 months to two years with no luck. Um, I was 27 and I thought quite healthy. So it was a bit of a shock that it wasn't working. Um, So I went to a fertility uh, specialist and they got me to do IVF. So I did IVF four times um, with no, no luck. So basically what I had was what they call diminished ovarian syndrome. And I went to get tests done and my AMH levels, which is like a hormone level, and it basically detects how many eggs you have left um, in the ovaries. So that came back with a very low reading. So my doctor called me and said, you basically have the reproductive system of a 50-year-old when I was 27. So this was a huge, yeah, a huge shock. And they just said, it's just the way it is. There's not really an explanation so I went through to do rounds of IVF and I failed each round. I, um, I actually never got to implementation. So basically the eggs just, they, they died basically. 
Um, and it wasn't until failing the fourth round that I pushed to get a laparoscopy. So I said, there has to be a reason that I have such poor egg quality. Why, why, why is this happening? And they were very reluctant for me to go and get the surgery. Um, they said, no, you don't have endometriosis. Um, your only symptom is period pain and that's not enough. So anyways, I pushed to have the surgery and I was in surgery for hours and I came out with stage four endometriosis. So basically what was happening was I had been suffering for so many years with this and I never went to get it removed. So when I was trying to have a baby, my pelvis was so inflamed from the endo. It was everywhere. It was underneath my bowel. It was all over my ovaries, in my tubes. Um, so the eggs just couldn't thrive. They were literally just dying. Um, and that's unfortunately what diminished my egg reserve. Um, so after failing all these rounds of IVF and a lot of money later, I got the surgery and then I then fell pregnant naturally the month after. So that was, yeah, it was, it was amazing. Um, and I'm just so glad that I pushed for the surgery um, because I know a lot of females go to the doctor and the doctor just says, no, 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 period, period pain's normal. That's yeah. Let's not investigate further. Um, and I actually distinctively remember a doctor telling me years ago when I was concerned that I may not be able to fall pregnant. She actually said, if you can't fall pregnant, come back and we'll deal with it then. So that has always stuck in my brain because I thought if I knew that I had endometriosis years ago, it would have really, it would have helped knowing like knowledge is power, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, that, that was that aspect of it when it comes to fertility, but endo in general, it's super isolating because uh, you know yourself, the pain is debilitating monthly. So I couldn't function unless I would take panadine fort or neurofen and I had to get it right when my period started otherwise I would be you know doubled up in pain um so yeah I feel like my endo journey is a positive one because I have had a positive outcome um but I understand people that are going through it right now it can be isolating so especially when you don't talk to people about it as a girl you just think this is the way it is, right? Like I, I get period pain. I'm not going to whinge about it because the men will be like, oh, you got period pain. It's just something that's not discussed openly yeah. enough. Yeah, I, I don't totally agree. I was just going to say um, one of the really clear messages out of what you just said was that period pain isn't normal. Mm. It's not normal to be in debilitating pain like that. Um, and no. society has made it so that that's how we think that that's how our menstrual cycle presents. And, and then we don't talk to each other. That's so right. That, that means that we never really know that, well, hang on, that's not, that's not, not how normal. it's supposed to be. It's not how it's supposed yeah. to be. Yeah, I actually think to myself, where did we get it wrong? Why, why do we grow up thinking that that's normal? I, I don't know why it's, yeah, it's just something that I always thought. I just thought you get period pain and it's debilitating, sucks to be up. Um, but if I had openly talked to my friends, which I have done now, um, most of them have said, no, I don't have pain where I have to take, you know, medication to get out of bed. And then I have other um, friends of mine who have, turns out they have endometriosis. So I actually have two friends in my group that struggled to conceive. Um, both of them went and got laparoscopies and both of them had silent endo or full-blown endometriosis. 
and they just would never have known. Yeah, and it's it's like you said, the, the treatment for um, the common treatment, I should say, not the only treatment for um, period pain is the birth control. And so women get yeah. put on it and then you spend a huge chunk of your time as a woman trying not to get pregnant because that's it's not the yeah. right timing or it's you haven't mm-hmm. met the right person or it's got to do with, um, you know, you, you focus on your career and then you get to the point where you come off and so many women just don't realise that they have issues with their cycle until they come off the period, uh, come off their, um, their birth control and then try and start to conceive and that's where yeah. it can come up. And that early detection conversation is so important, especially, especially with women who are like really young girls as well. Yeah, I completely agree. I think that if someone had said to me, 10 years ago 10 plus years ago your period pains are not normal let's get to the bottom of it now let's go in we'll have the surgery we'll have a look around see what's going on yeah. I would have been at a better stage so my left ovary as of right now or as of two years ago was almost completely diminished because the endo basically just ate it away so I really only have a, my right ovary that works um luckily you can still get pregnant with with just one so that that's great news but I could have two proper working ovaries if I was able to manage it earlier on in my life. So that is a shame, but I just think it's important for young girls now um, to just acknowledge that it's that's not normal to be in debil- debil- debilitating pain every month. So to, yeah, to look into it. To look into it. And also the... Um the fertility side if you are having lots of issues from a fertility side and nothing's happening then get a laparoscopy done 100 percent. it's honestly the first thing I say to my friends and I sound like a broken record and oh, the thing is, is oh I know I'm, I'm probably a little bit annoying but the thing is which I also understand it takes a really long time to get to um a phase where you're ready to acknowledge that something could be wrong so for the first year I sort of just thought it's okay I've googled and I've read if you're under 30 and it you know can take a year so that's okay don't get tested or checked until 12 months plus so I think when you're going through it each month you're thinking no it's you know it's just the timing I'll keep going I'll keep going and I did have a lot of friends do the same thing and just not really come to terms with the fact that there could possibly be an issue and going and seeing a fertility specialist is a it's a big deal like it's it's sort of yeah realizing okay I may there may be a problem so I I need to get it sorted but um you sort of think you're meant to have babies it's natural it should happen quickly like I don't know why would it go wrong so it's yeah just one of those things you you need to take control of your own body and don't let any GP just put you on the pill if you think that there's something worse investigate yeah and also um on that is reach out for support because there is a lot of support networks that can that can help you if you are struggling with the fertility side of things um a lot of the um fertility clinics do do the counseling alongside it and there are there are counselors and uh, psychologists that specialize more in the fertility side as well because it's a big deal Mm. yeah absolutely it's it's a massive deal and especially when yeah girls don't reach out and have the support of family and friends and endo correct me if I'm wrong it's one in 10 women suffer with endometriosis so that's that's a big statistic right well so I people would understand. I need to check my stats I think the stats have changed I'm pretty sure it's one in eight now really well there you go so it's something that 
yeah, it's common. And I feel like the more people I reach out to, the more people go, hey, yes, I have suffered with that or I know someone who has suffered with that. And just having that connection and knowing that you're not alone is definitely helpful, very helpful. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And so what's the main message of hope that you want to share? Oh, message of hope. This is a tricky one because I know... It can be more than one message too. Okay, maybe I'll have two messages. (laughs) Okay. Um, For me, I know going through the challenges of fertility and endo, it is very easy to lose hope. Um, There was a point in time where my fertility specialist told my husband and I that we should opt for an egg donor. So for a 27-year-old to hear your eggs are no good, you should probably take an egg from someone else, we'll use your husband's sperm and we'll, and it's so easy for a fertility specialist to say that because they're not experiencing it personally. And I know that they just want the best result. They want a pregnancy. Um, so it around about that time, I remember looking at my husband thinking, oh my gosh, like this is an egg donor. This is horrible. This is not what we kind of pictured. Um, but I had hope. So I sort of thought I did come to a point where I had accepted it. And I think that that is really important. So being, sometimes we can't change our situations and sometimes we are dealt um, cards that are not pleasant, but I think being open and willing to accept that things may not always go the way that you had planned for your future, um, but things always work out. So to me, hope is a little bit like it's not going the way I had planned, but I know it's it's going to work out in the end. Um, and for me, so far it has, um, but I would never give up. So hope is also never giving up, but just being able to change your goalposts, okay? So not having such a strict idea, I want to have a child at this age, it's going to have blue eyes, dark hair, do you know what I mean? Just being able to accept that things are challenging and be okay with the outcome but also doing everything that you can to get the, the best outcome possible. Yeah, definitely. The, the acceptance is a big one. Mm, that's huge. Accept, when you can accept even your diagnosis, then you can um, work out a plan. Yeah, absolutely. I just, yeah, I think it would be really easy to go, no, no, I don't have this. I, but once you accept it and go, okay, I have endometriosis, um, I'm going to have issues. There is going to be pain each month, but this too shall pass. We will just work out ways to deal with what we've got. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was only one message. Is there another one? <laughs> I think that's all. Okay. <laughs> never give up. Never give up and accept. <laughs> okay. Never give up and accept. Um, yeah. <laughs> so can you tell me a bit about your business? Yes, I can. So it's funny, it all ties in really well because I started yoga and meditation when I was struggling with fertility. So I really got into it when I was kind of low in the depth of um, infertility. So I turned to yoga and meditation. I was meditating um, every day and I was doing just a 10 to 15 minute yoga flow. And I realized how beneficial it was. It was honestly life-changing to deal with Um, the physical pain but also the mental side of um, infertility and what comes with that so I really started to get into it and then I realized how good it was and I just wanted to share it I just wanted to share it with everyone and kind of shout out like 
do yoga, do yoga. So I started Bend by Courtney, um, which is a yoga. I'm a yoga and meditation teacher. So basically I teach in studio and I also have a program online. Um, and I sell a range of like, uh, I do yoga mats and acupressure mats and stuff like that. So basically my whole business is based around wellness that has helped me. So things that have helped me in my journey, whether it's yoga, meditation, um, like my, my yoga mat that I've created, which I use every day myself, the acupressure mat, which I actually use on my stomach when it's that time of the month, just to help with the blood flow and all that sort of stuff. Um, releasing pain so yeah that's where I started and I think that mentally when it comes to endo yoga like it can take a huge mental toll it's each month and it's relentless so I think meditating and doing yoga is just a it's a massive help and that's that's kind of where it all started and it's just kept going from there and I, I do definitely have a lot of people that come to me um, struggling mentally with PCOS, endo, infertility, a whole range of things that really just find kind of coming in to the center of yourself and sort of trying to calm the mind, create some space within the body is doing wonders for them. Yeah, that was the question I was just going to ask you. So with endo you can and chronic pain, you can get very stuck in your head and mm-hmm. and not so much in your body. And you and so can you talk about the mind and the body connection and how how that works with what you do. Yeah, absolutely. So basically my whole motto with my yoga business is creating space through movement. Okay. So I truly believe to be happy and healthy, you need to be physically and mentally healthy. So we all go out, we go to the gym, we try to lose weight. Um, Sure. That's great. But if you're not working on your mental health just as much, if not more as your physical, then you're not really going to be as happy and healthy as you could be. So when I do yoga, I I do work on the aspect of um, toning and weight loss and really helping the physical side, but the mental aspect is huge. So when I go through my flows, um, I really have a strong emphasis on connecting the breath to the body because it's through breathing, breathing techniques that we really can calm the mind. And we just have so much mental chatter constantly. So our brains are just going, you know, you could be laying there and you're thinking, I've got this email, I've got that. My husband's in there trying to get the baby to sleep. It just, it's relentless. So basically my goal for my clients is to really calm that mental chatter. And it is when you, you kind of calm the mind and have a little bit of space that you really can breathe and you can sort of go, okay, this anxiety really is caused by this. So let's get to the root of that. And that's basically what my whole philosophy is, just focusing on the breath, learning to breathe correctly, um, because most of us don't breathe correctly. We really shallow breathe from the chest. Um, But just learning to breathe correctly and connecting the breath to the body and being super conscious and noticing all the feelings in the body. And you just kind of, you find this newfound space that you can just, I don't know, it's its really amazing when you can really focus and, and do a yoga flow, connecting the breath, you just feel so empowered after and you feel like you can kind of tackle anything. And its um, it really helps with non-reactivity as well. So I feel like society today, we're really angry all the time. So whether we're driving and the person in front of us is driving too slow like we all kind of take it as a personal attack so 
just sort of being able to, you know, take a step back and react from a place of calm um, and peace rather than sort of just reacting from emotion. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and that empowerment is about being connected to like your inner voice, your intuition, so that you can actually make calmer decisions as well. That's exactly right. And that's where meditation is huge because if you can calm that mental chatter, you can kind of tune into what your, yeah, your intuition. So what you really need to be listening to and hearing and not the outside distractions of society. And do you suggest that women um, or people, I guess, train like exercise if they're in pain? I, yes. So I wouldn't recommend going and doing a hardcore power, a yoga power, if it's that time of the month and you're in pain. Absolutely not. I would highly recommend doing a super gentle uh, yoga flow, maybe a little bit of yin yoga. Um, I actually, up on my website, I have a sequence. It's 15 minutes and it is dedicated purely to um, endometriosis or painful periods. So a couple of the yoga poses that I would recommend women to do, one would be a, um, a laying inversion. So you simply lay down, you pop your feet up against a wall and you just stay there for maybe 15 minutes. So what this does is an inversion is anytime your lower body is above the heart. So it allows the blood to drain from the feet, down the legs and into the vital organs. So really just getting the blood flow to help heal um, that is a huge one. Also a wide leg child's pose. If you guys don't know what this is, just Google it. So basically it's just laying on the mat, yeah, having the, the uh, knees apart, feet together. And basically you want the pelvis to be the anchor. So you keep that nice and grounded and you move the upper body away from the pelvis to create some space and you simply lay and breathe. So you focus on the breath, you keep the hips still nice and squared off and it just it really helps it's super super gentle um so it's not a weight loss or anything like that it's just purely to really help the pain if, if you're feeling at that time of the month yeah and is that is that like a program that people can buy yeah so it's it's a membership i have um it's called the bend by courtney membership it is 14.95 a month so basically what it will give you is just complete access to all my yoga classes. So I've got an archive of honestly so many that I've done. Um, so you can just pick and choose daily which one you'd like to do. And then I have um, a whole bunch of meditations. So I've got guided meditations, visualization meditations, um, different stuff like that. I even have, which I don't know if anyone's done before, but I recorded, I called it a blind vinyasa flow. So basically I just recorded myself um, reading out poses. So like a flow, a yoga flow, so people can practice the lingo. So see if they can, because people watch. And I thought I want to try and get people not having to keep looking up at the screen. So if they can kind of get a feel for, you know, the different chaturanga and upward facing dog and just train themselves to be able to do it um themselves which will kind of get them to be able to clear the mind a little bit more and not have to worry about you know looking up and that sort of stuff yeah so yeah worrying about whether they're doing it right or not exactly exactly so just listening really not happening to um, lift the eyes just kind of really going inwards and connecting the breath again to the body um yeah so that's all on my program which is um yeah ben by courtney it's just online 
if anybody wants to check it out. Do you do face-to-face classes? I do, yeah. So I um I do a class each Monday um out at Camden and I do a class on Wednesday just out at Bingara where I live. Um studio classes are amazing, but I understand that not everybody can get to them. Yeah. So and with COVID and stuff like that, it's good to be able to, to reach people in different areas. So the programs are great. You can do it whenever you want. No stress, no fuss. You you can wear your pajamas if you want. So easy (laughs) I love it it. and that's exactly right with um with everything moving on to zoom in the last year because of covid it means that um it's people it's more accessible to people all over australia um that's right and you can do it in your pajamas well that's it like sometimes i feel like i want to just get up i don't want to do my hair i don't want to get out of my pajamas but i would like to do some yoga so i can just pop it on and it's yeah it's easy you go to yeah. studio, it's great as well, but you really have to make a bit of an effort. You have to put some clothes on at least. <laughs> and that's a, it's a um, really valid point though because if you're an endo woman and you're struggling with like um, chronic pain, you know that you have, there's always that limited capacity to be able to go do lots of things. You kind of got to yeah. pace yourself. And so mm-hmm. having to necessarily go to a class might just be a little bit too much, but doing something online could work really well. Yeah, absolutely. And that yoga flow, uh, it's really short. It's only 15 minutes and it's super gentle, but it's really, really good for helping easing that, the, yeah, the pain that you feel monthly. Yeah. Um, can you tell me a little bit more about um, the mat? Because I don't know too much about it. Yes, I do. I love the mats. Um, so basically I created a range of eco cork yoga mats. So um, they're sustainable. They're Uh, biodegradable so they're really good for the environment the reason I created that was because I'm really into low-tox living so anywhere that I can um, avoid toxins mainly because of endometriosis and stuff like that I know toxins and and all that kind of cause inflammation and I noticed that I was practicing yoga on a plastic mat and plastic leaches toxins when you go down into a chaturanga you can smell it so I sort of thought this is so counterproductive, right? I'm trying to work on my physical and mental health on a mat that could potentially be harming my health. So, and I sort of just, I did a little bit of research and thought, what kind of mat can I make that is one, gentle on the environment and two, good for for our health. So not really compromising our health. And cork was the best thing. So I, yeah, I, I didn't know. I know. Yeah, yeah, cork, yeah, cork is awesome. And it all ties in because the, the low toxic lifestyle, um, as, you, as you know, is, is, is an important part of managing endo because if you mm-hmm. just keep loading your body with all the toxins, it, it yeah. really struggles. And any way that you can live low tox is really important. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I didn't realise. Yeah. yeah, it's really good. And cork is just one of those things. It's hand harvested from an oak tree. So it's hand harvested every uh, 10 to 12 years. So no trees are cut down in the process of it. So it's great for the environment and it is durable. So the mat will literally last you forever. It's it's like, it's like a good investment to have, especially if you do yoga, Pilates or any exercise that you need a mat for. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I, I was really excited to do that. It took so long to get it all to come together, but it finally did. Um, and I, I also do the cork yoga blocks. So if you use blocks for any of your classes, I've got them as well. 
Um, but yeah, corky's corky's cool. And and how do you how do you wash it? So you don't machine wash it. All you do is get some um, warm soapy water and a cloth and just wipe it down, pop it in the sun, and it comes up brand new. It's, they're really easy to clean and they're um, yeah they're uh, they're not like there's no odor there's nothing like that they can just be wiped down and they're good as new oh that is so cool Courtney I didn't realize that <laughs> I love thank it thank you um so is there any other messages that you would like to share yes I would like to say in regard to endometriosis if you are listening to this and you are a younger woman and you experience period pain, it's not normal. So debilitating period pain each month is not something you just have to put up with. So I really do urge you to go speak to a doctor and get to the bottom of it as early as you can. Um, If you are someone who's struggling with endo right now, I just want you to know that you are not alone, especially if the stats now are one in eight, it is super common. So reach out to someone um, and just know that, yeah, you're absolutely not alone. There's so many of us out there and I know it can be challenging and it comes with its yeah its own challenges with fertility and whatnot. Um, but just reach out, have a chat to somebody and yeah, just know that you're not alone. Yes, I agree, important message. Actually, I do have a question for you. Yeah. I, um, I, I popped on my Instagram last week that I was going to be doing this chat and I had some people DM me. And one of the biggest things that people wanted to know was um, a diet for endometriosis. So what kind of foods can they eat to help with inflammation? Yeah, so one of the main things is uh, endo is an inflammatory condition. And so things like gluten and dairy are often removed from the diet because they're quite inflammatory. Um, So gluten-free, dairy-free is generally how it is. Um, Sugar as well, because avoid sugar because sugar can be inflammatory. Um, And I guess then there's like this other additional layer on it as well because women with um, endo can also have, depends on how the endo presents, if they have issues with their bowel, um, then there's like another layer on it that can you, you almost need to address as well. So that can be things like whether a woman is reactive to the FODMAPs. I don't know if you've heard. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so some of the diets, some people recommend that you can do a FODMAP diet. Um, FODMAPs are a, um, like these, what is it, like substance? Substance is not the right word, but it's like... <laughs> Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, things that you, if you eat something and you're reactive to the FODMAPs and you'll get really bad cramping and really bad um, like gas. And so yeah. there's a particular diet called the FODMAP diet, but it's not designed to be take, to be done long-term. It's designed to work out which FODMAPs you're actually reactive to. Right. Yeah, so, but whereas some women tend to do a long-term, which is not necessary, it's not how it's supposed to be designed. There might only be one of the FODMAPs you're reactive to and you just remove that one. Um, but definitely gluten, definitely um, dairy, avoid dairy and sugar. Then things, you can go the other side of it and then eat things that are anti-inflammatory. So um, ginger, turmeric, things like that as well. So if someone came to you as a, an 18-year-old saying that they, um, they have endometriosis, say they've been diagnosed, would you say the first thing to do would be diet-wise to eliminate dairy and gluten 
It's one it, one component because gut yeah. health really plays an important part in it as well because your the inflammation starts in the gut. So you want to address the gut level as well as the nutrition at the same time because if you're just addressing the nutrition and not ad- addressing the gut, you're kind of almost going around and around in circles. Yeah, um, of course. So when I do when I do work with women with endo, we address the gut health as well as the nutrition and then supplements and things that support hormones. Okay. That's interesting. It's good to know that there are ways that you can help with endo. So, you know, whether it's food or or and, and getting the lap, there's there's different there's always something that you can do to to help it. Yeah. That's really good to know. Yeah, and there's definitely a um and I like the methods that I believe in is that it's a multidisciplinary approach. It's not just about um, about the surgery and about taking hormones. Like there's this whole other range of things in the toolbox that can really have an impact as well. So things like um, nutrition plays a big part, your gut health, um, stress management, hence mm-hmm. the yoga and the meditation. Yeah. Um, low toxic lifestyle is really important as well. And then um, seeing other practitioners if, if necessary. So pelvic physio, um, uh, like a psychologist, kinesiology, anything that looks after your mind and body all in one. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. There's definitely no one answer. Mm. Yeah. It's a tough one. It really is. And it's sometimes you just think, oh, it sucks to be a woman. We go through so much, honestly. But that's okay. We accept it and we move forward. <laughs> yeah. And then we support each other. We do. We support we su- each other. We support each other. And yeah. Yeah, to know that we're all not alone and that there are answers and that there are ways to, um, to manage things. Um, surgery is not the only, surgery is definitely not the only way because yeah. it's scary. Surgery is scary. Surgery is scary. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, so if women want to get in contact with you, how do they do that? Um, so they, my website is bendbycourtney.com. So they can jump on there or my, uh, Instagram is bendbycourtney. Um, so they can, yeah, you can contact me, social media or website. I'd love to chat if anybody wants to reach out. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. Thanks for coming today and sharing your, um, message about hope and also your endo journey and also all about your business too. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. Thanks Courtney. Bye. Bye.